Let's pray together. Psalm 44 says, Awake, Lord, why do you sleep? Rouse yourself, do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and oppression? We are brought down to the dust. Our bodies cling to the ground. Rise up and help us. Rescue us because of your unfailing love. Lord, remember the words of the psalmist where it says, Rise up and help us, Lord. Rescue us, Lord, because of your unfailing love, my God. Lord, we cry out to you with desperation, with desperate hearts. And God, we are in need of your touch this very morning. Lord, we don't want to go through the motions of coming to another service, another Sunday, another day in the house of the Lord. But Lord, we desire to come to your house with conviction and with thanksgiving and with the conviction of the Holy Spirit that leads to change, a life that is transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit. So God, may we be sanctified in your word today, this morning. May it not pass from one year to the other, but Lord, let it take deep root in our heart, O God. Let the seas, the words of life come forth and fall on fertile sand, on fertile hearts, O God, so that we may soak up your word like a sponge, that when we're squeezed, all we come forth is the word of God. It's a sanctified life that has been transformed by the power of your love. So God, I just want to thank you for this relationship that we have in Christ. Thank you for this new life that we have in Christ that nothing can take away or take us away from you, from the love and the relationship that we have in you, O oh God. Thank you for the greatest relationship. Thank you for the greatest love that this world, in this world that we can ever find. We need you today, desperately. Lord, I pray as you transition to the message that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of those hearts who will be listening here this morning, I pray, God, that your name will be glorified. May your name be lifted up high. Lord, we thank you. We love you. Lord, may it be pleasing in your sight, O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. We pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and we pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Let's take a moment to greet one another this very morning as we are continuing on with our Advent series. Last week we talked about Advent in Bethlehem and today we're going to talk about the ongoing Advent of Christ, our day-to-day and our every day. The ongoing Advent of Christ in our every day. Meaning, how should we prepare while we are waiting for the second advent? And as we have already celebrated the advent 2,000 years ago, the first advent, how must we prepare as men and women of God, as Christian men and women of God? Amen. Let's begin with our main passage here today. Again, we're not going to go in the same way that you're used to with the points number one, two, three, and four, but we're just going to go through the message and speak about each part 
in the scripture, and I want to just speak to you from the heart as we dive into the word together, found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 this morning. The day of the Lord, the title says, and starting with verse 1, it says, Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. If you have a pen, please underline the part where it says the day of the Lord. Verse 4, it says, But you brothers and sisters are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, wake up? up. Say, sober up. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that, whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Verse 12, it says, final instructions. Now, we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other as we urge you, brothers and sisters. Warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Verse 16, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test all, test them all, but test them all, hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all God's people with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen and amen. This is a letter by the Apostle Paul himself. And let me begin with every day is always going to be every day. 
every day continue to stay awake in Christ. Every day continue to stay awake in Christ. Wake up, man and woman of God. Step out of the darkness, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. As the day of the Lord is approaching, he reminds us to wake up. Wake up how? By putting on faith and love as what? As a breastplate and the helmet of salvation. So you must put on faith, love, and hope in Christ. Wake up by putting these three things. Verse 6 to 8, it says, So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. Verse 7, For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet, it says. For only through Christ, Meaning by being in the light, if you're not in Christ, you are in darkness. The way you become and you stay in the light is only through Christ, you will be saved. Because in darkness, there's nothing but death and destruction. But in Christ, there is light. That's why it says in Isaiah chapter 2 verse 5, it says, Come, descendants of Jacob. It says, Let us what? Walk. Walk in the light of the Lord. Walk. Run in the light of the Lord. Stay in the light of the Lord. Walk in the light of the Lord. Because Christ is the light that shines in the darkness. And the darkness cannot overcome the light of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come to the light. There is no other way. We need to wake up. The day is near. The day of the Lord is near. We are in the ongoing advent in our present day. Every single day we are waiting. The day is near, it says. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 through 14. The title says, the day is near. And it says, and do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up. Wake up from your slumber, it says. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Each day, it becomes more and more. We need to be alert and we need to be ready. As we are drawing near. As each day passes, is a day closer to the day of the Lord. Verse 12, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Verse 13, let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, verse 14 says, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. It's a reminder to continue to stay awake in Christ. To not pursue the desires of the flesh that is so tempting and desiring. But we put off the desires of the flesh, but we put on the armor of light. Without the light and the flashlight, we cannot see the path that we are walking in. 
We need the light of Christ in order for us to wake up. Or else we'll be sleeping in our slumber, forever lost, doomed, lost in this life. Because that's what the devil wants. For you to be blind, for you to be asleep, for you to be drunk and lost by the desires of this world. If you have eyes to see, see. The way that you'll see is through the light of Christ. Let us put away the works of the flesh. Amen? How, though? The question is how. Three simple sub-points here. Letter A, by placing your faith in Christ. B, by finding your love in Christ. C, by casting your hope in Christ. And I'm basing these sub-points based on verse 6. 7 and 8, what we just read. To put on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. By placing your faith in Christ, by finding your love in Christ, by casting your hope in Christ. May we wake up from our sleep this very morning as we're about to end our 2021. May we leave our dark path, run to the light, and walk in the light. May we remain alert right now this morning, every day, in Christ. A friendly reminder to you and a strong warning to you and to me and to myself. Men and women of God, we must wake up from our slumber. We must be awake during this hour, as Paul reminds us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Be alert in Christ every single day. Do not waste your life. Make each day count. Count the days. Number the days always. And give thanks in all circumstances. Don't take even one day. One day, a mundane day, for granted. For each day is a day that is drawing near to the day of the Lord. So again, every day, continue to stay awake in Christ. Next, every day, continue to know Christ once for all death on the cross. Once for all death on the cross once for all death on the cross verse 9 to 10 says for God did not appoint us to suffer wrath but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ what does it say he died for us one time just a reminder to you not continually always but one time he died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. So two quick sub-points here. Letter A, by knowing Christ died once and for all. Letter B, by knowing Christ resurrected once and for all. And the key phrase is once and for all. Once for all, death. Just one time. Meaning, because we have been 
resurrected with Christ, his once-for-all death will forever be enough. It will be sufficient enough to atone the sins of the whole world, past, present, and future, once and for all. Not twice, over and over and over and over again. Why do I say this? Because the sacraments that the Roman Catholics partake in, when they go through the sacraments, the Eucharist, when they go through the sacraments, when they partake the sacrament, they literally believe that they are taking the literal body and blood of Jesus Christ. And that's what the Roman Catholics believe. And they believe that they're actually eating the flesh, the actual flesh, and drinking the actual blood of Jesus Christ. Meaning they are crucifying Christ, Jesus Christ on the cross over and over and over again. And that is not biblical because the scripture tells us that Christ died once and that is it. Once and for all. Not over and over and over again. We're not actually eating his flesh and drinking his blood. We do it in remembrance of the death and the suffering and the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 10 tells us, it says, Christ's sacrifice was once for all. That's what it says in the title of Hebrews 10. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 20 to 28. It goes deeper, and I want to read it to us, for us, so that we are familiar with this passage. It says, starting with verse 22, Because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. It's talking about the Old Testament. And when they will come to the tabernacle, and they will sacrifice the animal over and over again every year with the high priest. Imagine all the animals that they had to kill. The blood that it required every year coming and over and over again. But Hebrews 7 tells us, because of this oath, this promise, Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. So that when you read that, you should ask the question, what is the better covenant? Verse 23, it says, Now there have been many of those priests since death, it's talking about earthly priests, since death prevented them from continuing in office. But Jesus lives forever. He has a permanent priesthood. Earthly priests, they come and they go. Aaron, he came and then he died. Moses, he came and then he died. But Jesus, he is permanent and he is forever. Jesus, he lives forever and he has a permanent priesthood. Because Jesus has permanent priesthood, his once for all death on the cross, the atonement for our sins is enough. Verse 25, therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Whenever I read that verse, I think about, remember the selfie with the phone. When God sees you, do you see yourself? Or is Jesus in front of you? Does God see Jesus in us? We will be completely saved if we go to God through Christ because he always lives to intercede for them. 
Such a high priest surely meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifice day after day. First for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all. Underline that and know that and memorize that. Once for all, when he offered himself for the law appoints as high priest men in all their weakness, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son who has been made perfect forever. This is the promise that Jesus Christ has become the guarantor of the better covenant. Once and for all, death, priesthood forever. We don't need anything else. So then why do other denominations, why do churches, why do believers, why do they take the sacrament, sacrificing Jesus over and over and over again? The arrogance behind thinking that we are crucifying and eating the flesh of Jesus over and over again. You only need to do it one time, once for all. First John chapter 2, verse 1 to 2 says, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Verse 2 says he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We cannot kill Jesus over and over and over again through these sacraments. For again, Hebrew 10 reminds us, Christ's sacrifice was once for all. Amen? So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul reminds us in verse 10 that he died for us. Remember that he is not continually dying for us. He already died once, and that is enough. Continue to know Christ's once-for-all death on the cross. This is so crucial to the foundation of your faith as a Christian man and a woman of God. Because if you don't believe this, and if you don't know this, then every day you will be here, over there, you'll be shifted back and forth by the storms and the attack. And if your theology and your foundation is wrong, then you think that, oh, when I sin, oh, I will forever be away from God. God doesn't love me anymore. His sacrifice is not enough. And we go through the motions of these traditions, of these sacraments, thinking that it's with our strength that we can go closer to God. But it is through Christ. He is the one that made a way through the death on the cross for us once and for all. So again, letter A, by knowing Christ died once and for all. Letter B, by knowing Christ resurrected once and for all. Nothing more and nothing less. He died for us, it says in verse 10. So that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. This is why Paul, he continues to declare 
over and over again through his writing in the New Testament. He declares, whether I live or whether I die, may I live and die in Christ. And he says, once and for all. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 to 14. Paul here is in shackles in prison. And what does he say here in verse 7? Let's read until verse 14. It says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Do you know Christ? Do you know the once and for all, once for all death on the cross of Jesus Christ? I consider then garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. It's not about your doing, your law, that you fulfill, but that which is through what? Faith. Faith, faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ and to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. In Christ Jesus. So no matter how badly you fall in sin or in your rebellion, or you think how far God is away from you, if you don't believe and continue to know, know Christ once for all death on the cross every day, if you do not remind yourself, if you don't know it in your heart, You'll be tossed back and forth, struggling for the rest of your life as a mortal being here on this earth. You'll ask questions like, does God love me? Is God really for me? Of course, he died for you. You can't change that. He resurrected from the dead. You cannot change that. Your actions cannot take that away. How dare we put our feelings, our own convictions above the truth of God of what happened? He died for you. He loves you. His once and for all death on the cross is a reminder to you, is a truth to you that he loves you. That there's nothing you can do to take away the love and the relationship that you have in Christ. He loves you. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Again, the title, 
the ongoing advent of Christ in our everyday life. Every day, let's continue. Continue to build each other up in Christ. Based on 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 in our reading under the day of the Lord. Every day, continue to build each other up in Christ. Verse 11 through 15, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Verse 12, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Every day, continue to build each other up in Christ. How? Letter A, by acknowledging the hard workers. I'll just go through them real quick. Letter B, by acknowledging the admonishers. Letter C, by warning the lazy. Letter D, by encouraging the weakest link. Letter E, by striving to do good. To do what is good in God's eyes. So real quickly, letter A, when I say by acknowledging the hard workers, we must acknowledge the ones, those who work hard among us in our community, such as your fellow brothers and sisters. But here specifically according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says your godly leaders, your godly brothers and sisters, it says in verse 13, hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Letter B, by acknowledging the admonishers. What do I mean by admonishers? You acknowledge the leaders who admonish you. What do I mean by that? I'm talking about your leader or someone who presides over you, serves you, and who guides you in spiritual guidance, who leads over you in the Lord. Godly leaders who disciplines and corrects you. That's what it means. Admonish means to discipline and to correct, and at times rebuke you in love. It says in verse 13, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. So letter A, we acknowledge the hard workers. We acknowledge the monitors. Let us see by warning the lazy. Verse 14 says, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Letter D, by encouraging the weakest link. We encourage the ones who are weak among you, it says. Encourage, it says in verse 14, encourage the disheartened by striving to do good. Letter E, it says strive patiently to do what is good. Meaning it's verse 15, it says, Always strive to do what is good. We're not perfect as human beings, but as we're in the day of the Lord, waiting for the day of the Lord. 
as we're in the present-day Advent, the ongoing Advent of Christ in our everyday life, we strive within the community to do these five soul points. Acknowledge the hard workers, acknowledge the monsters, warning the lazy, encouraging the weakest link, striving to do good. And lastly, every day, every day, every day, every day. This is the foundation, uh, this is the key. Continue to grow deeper in Christ. Continue to grow deeper in Christ. This is your goal. This is the goal of every Christian man and woman of God. Continue to grow deeper in Christ every single day. Verse 16 to 22, it tells us, it's a passage that we're all familiar of. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Verse 19 says, Do not quench the spirit. Do not cheat prophecies with contempt. But test them all. Hold on to what is good. Verse 20, to reject every kind of evil. Verse 28 says, The grace, and Paul, he ends the letter with this. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you amen and that's how the letter Thessalonian letter ends the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you so when I say every day continue to grow deeper in Christ the question is how just quickly with these last sub points here letter A by rejoicing daily let it be by praying continually. Let it see by giving thanks always. Let it D by holding firmly to what is good. Let it E by rejecting evil. Let it F by living in His grace. Amen. Are you living in the grace? of your Lord Jesus Christ. The priceless and the costly grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The once and for all death on the cross. Do you have it? Do you know it? Is Christ your foundation? Or are your own feelings the foundation? Your own theology, the foundation of your faith? Or is Christ the truth of God, the word of God? Is that the foundation of your faith? I pray that as we continue on, as we're in this ongoing season of Advent, every day before we die, before we take our final breath, as long as we're here on this earth, we are always in the process of the ongoing Advent of Christ in our every day. May you, during that time, during the time of waiting, 
during the time of living, this one life, one chance that you have, may we, every day, continue to stay awake in Christ by placing your faith in Christ, by finding your love in Christ, by casting your hope in Christ. May we, every day, continue to know Christ once for all, death on the cross, by knowing Christ died once and for all, by knowing Christ resurrected once and for all. May we every day continue to build each other up in Christ. How? By acknowledging the hard workers, by acknowledging the admonishers, by warning the lazy, by encouraging the weakest link, by striving to do good. And lastly, as Paul ends in his letter, every day continue to grow in Christ. How? By rejoicing daily, by praying continually, by giving thanks always, by holding firmly to what is good, by rejecting evil, by living in his grace. Amen. I'm closing with this. And just a few things that I just want to share from my heart. That as we're getting close to the end of this year, uh, no matter how difficult things become or get, or how chaotic things don't go in the way that we have planned, I pray that not just for this year of 2021, I pray that we will continue to, not just as a community, but as an individual, because faith is an individual basis. I pray that you will continue to hope in Him, find joy in Him, and find peace in Him as you go through this one life, one chance, this precious life that God has given us. I pray that in this one life and one chance that we have, in this one life, this brief moment that we're here on this earth, may you continue to know the heart of Christ in your life. May you continue to know the will of Christ in your life. First Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, 18 says, What? Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for that is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That is the will of God in your life. Simple as that. It's not about fulfilling your duties of your career, having a title, the job that you've been working for, finally having your dream job. That is not what defines who you are. That is not God's calling for your life. God's calling for your life is very simple. To know him in his death, his once and for all death on the cross, and to know his once and for all resurrection from the grave. And know that he ascended to the heavens one time, and that he will come back one time, once and for all, in the season of Advent. Rejoice always. Pray continually. 
give thanks in all circumstances. Every single one, even to those situations that are not fair to you, it's okay. For God will take care of everything. He is a just God and He is a loving God. Continue to know the Word of God, the words of Christ deeply in your life. Continue to grow deeper in the Lord, always, every single day in your life. I pray, and I'm praying this for myself. This is my own prayer. I pray that the joy of the Lord will be your strength. That in times of your anxiety and your stress, when death occurs in our family and when things don't go our way, may your happiness not come from your happenings, for happiness comes and goes. But may your joy that comes from the Lord and that cannot be taken away in all circumstances, may the joy of the Lord be your strength today. So for those who are discouraged today, for those who are undergoing trials and sufferings, and to missionaries and to Christians who are being persecuted all around the world in your region, may the joy of the Lord be your strength. And may you continue to remain joyful, always. For joyful is not based on your happenings, but your joy is grounded in who? In Christ. Christ is your root. Christ is the tree that we cling on, that we abide in. Remain joyful in your victories and in your defeats. Always and always. Amen. If you just bow your heads with me at this time. The ongoing event. ongoing event. As we're here in this season of waiting, expectation and preparation, can we just turn our hearts and our lives back to Christ this very morning? Can we run to Him like the prodigal son and the prodigal daughter? And not just declare it just with our lips, but from our hearts. And turn back to our living God. For He is a living God. We do not serve a God who is still on the crucifix, who is still on the grave. But we serve a God who resurrected. He ascended to the heavens. And one day He will come back to this earth as a lion in His might and in His power. May we serve Him wholeheartedly with humility, and with reverence. Can we just take a moment right now to pray in the whispers of our hearts and to seek after Him and turn our hearts back to Christ. Let us pray together.
once for all death, the once for all resurrection. So God, as Paul declared in his letter, as Paul declared in faith, as he declared the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ to be with you, I pray that we will fall under the shadow of your wings, the wings and the shelter where we are protected. For God, you love us and you know us. May we reside and rest on the everlasting and in the unending grace and the priceless grace and the costly grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't just declare with just our lips, but Lord, we declare with our hearts. And we choose today to turn our hearts back to you. When others, when they fall away, and they pursue the worldly ways. I and we, we will continue to seek you in spirit and in truth and to grow deeper in our relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We remind ourselves today, I remind myself once again, that you are the beginning and the end. I have breath right now because you have willed it, Lord. From the beginning to the end, the author and the perfecter, the alpha and the omega. Lord, we submit, we humble our lives, and we turn our lives to you and to you alone. At this time, I want to invite the praise team to come up. And as the praise team comes up, uh, when you're ready, I want to invite you to please stand up to your feet. And can we just take this moment 
as we're in the end of the service of December 12, 2021, 12, 12, 21. Let's just end the song together with just let us say and let us just worship him in spirit and in truth. And as a church, let us declare not just with our lips but with our hearts and also with our hands, worship him in spirit and in truth. Let us worship together.
Let's pray together. Lord, we declare with our lips and with our hearts this very morning, and we make that promise to you that God, no matter how difficult things become, that we will continue to hope in you, that we'll continue to find you in this desert, that we'll continue to find joy in you, O oh God, in all circumstances, in all situations. And God, I pray for peace to be upon us, that we'll continue to find peace in you, and we'll continue to love you with our soul, mind, and strength. Lord, as we're in this ongoing season of Advent in our lives, we will continue to know the heart of Christ. We will continue to know the will of Christ. We will continue to know your words deeply in our lives. And we'll continue to grow deeper in you, O oh Lord, and in you, and in you, and in nothing else. So God, we declare with our lips and with our hearts that the joy of the Lord is our strength this morning and that we will remain joyful always for you are with us. Thank you for once for all death on the cross and thank you for the once and for all resurrection of Christ. For that is the foundation of the Christian faith. Thank you for reminding us today of your love and of your unending grace. As Paul declared, and we declare today with our own voices as well, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you forever and ever. And in Jesus Christ, the precious Son of our Lord Jesus Christ, the name above all names, in the name of Jesus Christ, and as God's people, we all pray, amen and amen.